Okay, welcome back to the Golf Preview Podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview for Wells Fargo Week at TPC Potomac. My name is Will Doctor, alongside James Ledbetter. Great to have you aboard on a Tuesday evening as we give you the latest in the world of PGA Tour handicapping. Let's start with the Mexico Open. Huge week for Jay Led. Let's hear about what went right, right for you at Vallarta. Yes, the Mexican Open was muy bueno for me this uh, this past week. I had uh, Cameron Tringali over Kevin Na, minus 120. Had a Cameron Champ top 20 at plus 250. Had my guy, my dark horse of the week, Brandon Wu, top 20 plus 400. I had him top 40 plus 150. I had 130 to 1 ticket on him as well. He ended up finishing tied second with that final round, 63. But yeah, a great week across the board. Hit another best bet, which was nice. Aaron Wise top 20 at plus 175. But it was it was a great week. It was really close to being an all-timer week um, with the fact that I had Finau at 25 to 1, Cameron Champ at 60 to 1. And like I said earlier, Brandon Wu at 130 to 1. All those guys kind of finishing in that top five range. A couple of them finishing runner-up. Man, but um, yeah, I'll take that kind of week any week. And uh, yeah, Doc, how was yours? Yeah, Led, great week. I mean, you had the BWU ticket plus 400. That, that's more profitable than if you had a winning ticket on John Rahm at plus 350. So, yeah, could, oh, yeah, let's do a little round of applause. Congrats on everybody for the plus, three, plus 350 Rahm tickets. You know, I'm sure that'll uh, take care of, uh, I don't know, maybe a $5 foot long or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, the point is, you know, you, you found some better value there with, with BWU to finish in the top 20, much better than then a ROM winning ticket uh, really shows you how, uh, you know, the world of golf handicapping works for me all in all solid week uh, regarding the Mexican open. Uh, I go four for one. Um, I hit four out of the five, sorry, matchups uh, stallings over Ramey minus minus one twenty, Woodland over Tringali minus minus one fourteen, and CT pan over Taylor Moore at uh, minus minus one fourteen. lost the Hubbard over Griffin matchup. Uh, and then to my picks to place, we hit our best bet with nasty Nate Lashley top 40, um, at plus 175. None of my winners, Woodland, Munoz, Tagala, and Stallings really sniffed winning. So some improvements there as we move into the Wells Fargo championship at TPC Potomac. Yeah. And doc, just in terms of the, obviously it was the first event that had been held a PJ tour event that had been held at that golf course. I thought the course, you know, held up pretty well guys. We didn't, I mean, what was the winning final score? 17 under, yeah, I think 17, 16, under 17. 17 under, um, you know, we predicted it to kind of get to that twenties range. I think with the, the expected wins, they, they kind of held up there. Um, doc, we kind of, sometimes we mentioned some like rules and stuff. We wish we could kind of change about golf. What do you think of that uh, Cameron Champ um, mud ball? Uh, I don't remember what hole it was on exactly, but it pretty much ended his day pretty shortly there. He hit it in the hazard, chipped out, all of a sudden had a mud ball from the middle of the fairway, uh, led to a triple bogey, and his and his week was over. It seems to me, if you're in the fairway, I don't care if it's on your second shot or third shot, um, I don't know, it just and you got a huge you know, piece of crap caked onto your ball, you had literally no chance to be able to hit a good shot on your next shot. I mean, it's kind of similar, I guess, to the, if you're in a divot debate, right? If you're in the fairway, you should be kind of rewarded with a clean lie. What's your thought process on that? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I think it should, it should definitely be addressed. It's something, you know, you, you certainly discuss uh, quite a bit, but yeah, not only at a place like uh, Vallarta, but you get to a place like uh, TPC Potomac with, you know, high fescue uh, right off the fairways. You, you know, you have to be rewarded uh, uh, for stuff like that. I feel like if I'm Cameron Champ on Sunday, I'm pulling a little Bryson and, and saying there's microscopic ants on my ball. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a burrowing animal excuse to get out of that because you're right. Half the ball was covered with mud, uh, completely ruined his chances. And, um, you know, if it wasn't for that, it's pretty much a clean sl- a clean sweep week for you, right? Yeah. And I mean, honestly, you know, the thought process we had was the fact it was pretty forgiving off the tee. So we took a lot of those bombers. Um, yeah, you, know, you, pro- took- you, you proved me wrong with champ as well. I was, I was anti-champ going into last week, was arguing with you on that. So uh, yeah, great work there. If not for that mud ball, you know, extremely good work. 
Yeah, I mean, he was, I mean, he really started going the wrong direction there. Luckily, he didn't have to sweat it too much because I had top 20 versus top 10. But uh, yeah, a, a solid week for him. And he was just one of those guys that just had a really high floor because of the fact that he could just, you know, hit it 320. So um, I thought we were actually on the right track too with a uh, Patrick Reed top 20 uh, ticket till he just absolutely, uh, you know, laid an egg on that final nine. I think he was four over his last seven holes or something to uh, he fin- he finish even par. He would have been right in that top 20 range. But um, yeah, there was a little Twitter debate over the weekend with uh, golf facts was, you know, breaking, breaking down the uh, Tiger Woods situation where he was uh, consulting like a, what a greenskeeper kind of thing, or like someone who's involved with the PGA. No. Yeah. He, uh, what, of course, as pretty much probably all of, you know, Tiger was at Southern Hills last Thursday and, yeah, the chopper was out there by the second hole. Kerry Cosby, who is the head pro at Southern Hills, was caddying for Tiger. And, I mean, it was literally a picture of them looking through a yardage book in Golf Facts, which is, you know, famous, famously known as... Uh, allegedly. Allegedly, P. Reed's team burner account. No one knows who runs it, but um, that that's what's known in the golf world, and... Golf Facts was saying, you know, oh, Tiger gets this unfair advantage. He should be embarrassed, right? Yeah, yeah. because the head pro is giving him some tips. Um, I don't know what, you know, in that situation, you know, when Tiger goes to a golf court, he asked to play with the head pro. What, what is what is Kerry going to say now? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But anyways, we're, we're onward to ne- the next week. We are playing the Wells Fargo Championship this week in Maryland. Before I can forget to mention this. This event is normally played at Quail Hollow, but, you know, there's a little exhibition called the President's Cup being played there later on in the year in September. So they don't want to have they want to give the course like, uh, you know, a chance to be at its at its best. So instead of going to Quail Hollow for the Wells Fargo, we are going to P, uh, sorry, TPC Potomac. Um, we are going to probably mispronounce this. We are a couple southern guys. I bet I bet people in the area would be rattled if you hit them with a, you know. What were we saying? Potomac or? Yeah, Potomac, Potomac. Well, it's Potomac, right? I think it's Potomac. Potomac. I think it is. I'm sorry. We have the Grayson Sig vernacular going on this week. Yes. But um, yeah, I mean, when you just look at it compared to last week, just the field, um, this field is definitely deeper, you know, from one to 140 guys. Um, Granted, it's not a WGC field in terms of studs playing. Well, we have a guy by the name of Roy McIlroy who's going to be teeing up this week, the defending champion. He won it at Quail Hollow. Uh, he's teeing it up for the first time since Augusta. So, you know, he'll be a great guy to look at this week. Doc, as we normally do, we normally fade those top those top guys, you know, that are at single digits because there's just not that much value there. But, yeah. Rory will be teeing up at, uh, for the first time since Augusta, since he hold that bunker shot on the final green and route to a solo runner-up finish at the Masters. Rory has finished in the top 10, eight of his last 10 starts in the Wells Fargo. But remember, we are playing a different golf course this week, so no point in looking too much into that. Doc, let's get into TPC Potomac. It's a par 70 that tips out at 7,160 yards. Um being it is a par 70, it's not exactly a pitch and putt. When you, you know, when you see something under 7,200, you look at that as being one of the shorter courses. But, you know, the fact that we're only dealing with two par fives, I'd say kind of keeps it in that middle of the pack. Uh, it is bent grass from tee to green. Um, but, yeah, we're not – we don't have much recent course history there because it really hasn't been in the rotation since 2018. Uh, since 2017 and 2018 where they had the Quicken Loans National event. But – yeah, I think it'll be worth taking a look at those leaderboards from those two. And then, you know, potentially uh, we had guys who um, have had some corn fairy results. They've had a, they had a corn fairy event back here, you know, 10 plus years ago. So we'll definitely be looking at as well. Yeah. And, you know, looking back to 17 and 18, of course, 2017, Kyle Stanley wins. 2018, Francesco Molinari wins by eight shots uh, in, a, in a blowout. Uh, 51 players are in the field this week that played the Quicken Loans in either 2017 or 2018. And prior to that brief history lesson, the PGA Tour came here for the Kemper Open and Booz Allen Classic until 2006. Uh, Led, pumped to get into you this week. I know it's, it's, a, it's considered a relatively weak field, but with the small greens, fescue rough, I feel we're really getting a midseason 
uh, U.S. Open field at Potomac this week. Yeah, and even in the sense that, you know, it's not regularly in the rotation, right? There's a lot of pressure on whether it be the greenskeepers or the guys from that, you know, from that area. They want to, you know, talk, I don't know if you mentioned when you spoke about the events in 2017, 2018, but seven under one one of those years. So this course has definitely held its own in the past. When you compare it to a course like last week in Mexico, I don't think it really could be more opposite. Yeah. That course was just, okay, let's pull driver and uh, hit as hard as we can. This week is going to be much more of a placement uh, course. You know, even in the thought process of, you know, like we talked about with a guy like a Bryson or some of these longest guys where they bomb and gouge it, that has not really worked well here in years past. It's been more about putting the ball in the fairway and giving yourself a chance to attack um, with your second shot. So definitely going to be looking at guys who are accurate off the tee, accurate with their approach shots. Some of the course comps I've looked at is maybe comparing it to, you know, a poor man's Mirfield village, or definitely even a, a TPC river highlands where they have the travelers. So, you know, we'll look at some results that guys have had there in the past. You know, I think in terms of just comparing it to those golf course, if you miss the fairway, you're going to have a really hard time making birdie. Like once you do miss the fairway off the tee, you're pretty much playing for par uh, versus last week. You're trying to make birdie from, you know, if your balls, <laughs> if your golf balls dry. So uh, like we talked about earlier, the course has held its own in the, you know, the past two editions of PJ tour events at the course in 2017, seven under was a winning score in 2018. Francisco Molinari did run away with an eight shot victory, but still even uh, with that field, only eight guys finished in double digits under par. So Doc, some of the stats we're going to look at, strokes gained putting on Ben Greens, of course, because that's what we're going to be having this week. I think looking at fairways gain is going to be important. Strokes gained approach, and then par four strokes gained, especially with two less par fives than normal. Um, Doc, I think it's going to be really important to look at the guys that pick up strokes off the tee, because we've you know said that's going to be important, but also the fact that guys that do it with accuracy rather than distance alone. So, in your brain, as you're looking through the board and, you know, try to get guys that fit more that, you know, Matthew Fitzpatrick kind of player profile versus a guy who's a Bryson who's trying to hit it as, as far as he possibly can. But, you know, Doc, without further ado, let's just get into those favorites. Okay. Getting into a couple of these favorites here. Uh, we'll, we'll start with Roy at plus 750. Uh, you know, he is the defending champion at Wells Fargo, like Led said. Uh, but doesn't matter because we're at a different golf course. I think uh, TPC Potomac will bode well for Rory uh, with the premium on, on hitting fairways and staying out of the fescue rough. Uh, and, and the fact, you know, that there's smaller greens at this venue, you know, he's one of the best ball strikers on tour. So it's a plus for Rory anytime the greens are of smaller dimensions. That being said, you know, why would we take Rory at plus 750 when, uh, you know, we'll, you know, down the road here in the pod, we'll give you a ticket like BWU top 20 plus 400, like Led did last week, where we, we were able to avoid taking um, a heavy favorite as far as winning is concerned. That said, um, hey, dog, I'm, I'm not a big conspiracy kind of guy, but I, I wonder the last time or how often it happens where it would back to back favorites win the event, you know, yeah. so we had it happen last week, the odds of that run, <laughs> running back again. And then you know, as we know, golf is obviously just such a hard sport. Uh, taking these guys at, you know, single digits is always just a tough thing, especially when you can get a guy in the top 20 at plus 500, which is, you know, way more doable sometimes than uh, than winning a tournament. You know, a great year on the PJ Tour is, is three wins. So for someone like Rory, who's already notched one, um, you know, is there enough value there at that single digit number? Probably not, right? Probably not. I mean, and, and that said, you know, if you have to have a ticket on Rory this week, it's going to be Rory top five at plus 180 or pass. Um, not many good matchups on the board from what I've seen. So uh, that's kind of wonder what his miscut number is. Yeah, good question. I, I don't we'll I don't have to. We'll have to look at that, but no, but seriously though, yeah. he hasn't played, he hasn't played around a golf since Augusta, right? So he throws up a 73 first round. Granted, we think it's going to be a pretty low scoring event, but it's not like he, you know, just finished T4 last week in Mexico. And we know exactly where his game's at right now. Cause sometimes it might take, I think 
part of the reason he's playing in this event leading into the PGA is to just get some more rounds under his belt because he doesn't want to go into a major, uh, you know, without really having played for a month, right? Yeah, it, it would be typical, I guess, of Rory and his major prep to throw an MC out there. He did it at Valero uh, prior to coming second at the Masters. So uh, we'll watch out for that. For me, it's going to be Rory top five plus 180 or pass. Yeah, and getting into another guy in our favorites, Grant, you know, we're just going to gloss over these mostly just because of the fact that we see a lot more value on the board, you know, and kind of in that mid range and even in the long shots, just based on, on this golf course and, you know, the way this has been priced, but Corey Connors at 17 to one, you know, I like Corey Connors this week for a number of reasons. He's 37th on tour in ferry percentage while averaging over 300 yards off the tee. He's third on tour in greens regulation. You know, you look at how he's been playing as of late. He hasn't finished. uh, He's finished worse than 25th one time in his last seven starts. 11th at Arnold Palmer, Palmer, 3rd at the WGC, and a 6th at the Masters. You know, even at 12th place, finished at the RBC Heritage in his last start. Compared to a Rory ticket, right, at plus 750, I would way rather play uh, Corey Connors at 17-1. But, Doc, I think there's just way more value in some other plays here. Yeah, no doubt. I'm off the Corey Connors winning ticket um i will have him in my picks to place you know i think you know puts his drives on a string and um you know from t as far as t to green is concerned with Corey connors there's a lot to like but under 25 to 1 you know save it save it 17 to 1 on Corey connors no chance uh last favorite we're going over here tony finau at 21 to 1 uh off a second place finish uh, at the Mexico Open, where he put on an absolute clinic, uh, but while losing strokes on the greens in typical Tony fashion. Out of all the favorites on the board this week, Finau is someone you'll have to stay away from, in my opinion. Potomac could not be less suited uh, for Finau with the tie fairways protected by the fescue. I think he should be more in the 32 to 1 range. And, you know, as far as matchups are concerned, he's facing Rory in most of the books, which is not what you want to see. So, uh, for me, I'm out on Finau this week. You know, if he's playing next week, TPC Craig Ranch for the Byron seems like a much more suitable venue for him. And Doc, if you're if you have a Tony Finau ticket this week, you're just getting on the bandwagon too late, right? He was 25-1 last week with a shocking field and a perfect course setup, and now you're going to take him 21 to one in a stronger field on a course that probably you wouldn't say is even top 20 among all of the events in terms of that suit his game. I just see this way too often. I, I was even looking on Twitter today and some guy, like an actual kind of handicapper, we're not going to, you know, completely throw him on the bus with a shout out here, but he was reckoning, he was recommending Brandon Wu at 66 to one after last week, he was 130 to one. I just have no idea what guys are doing in terms of doc. We talked about it. We're not, the biggest stock market guys, but it's like buying a stock after it doubled the week before. It just makes absolutely no sense. So for a guy like Tony, you you have to wait for that number to blow up again. Let him miss the cup this week and see him at the PGA and maybe 45 to 150 to one range, but just makes no sense just because a guy finished second last week. I mean, 21 to one, realistically, Finau would have to beat 300 out of 301 golfers or how many, you know, you combine the field together over a two week period for you to cash 21 to one ticket. No, thank you. Yeah. The talking heads, they'll be all over him this week. So uh, we'll do the complete opposite as we move into matchups. I'm going to give you another guy that the talking heads um, are going to be all over this week. And I'll tell you about that in this matchup. This first matchup is going to be Keegan Bradley over Russell Henley at minus 103 on Barstool Sportsbook. And a lot of the talking heads are going to tell you that, you know, Russell Henley is a good play this week because of phenomenal iron play. And there aren't wrong in the sense that Russell Henley has made some huge strides with his approach numbers this year. We, you know, we've benefited from that greatly, but here's the problem. Russell Henley led not dependable with the driver in the last 12 rounds. That's going to be a big problem this week. Yeah, and Doc, I'm going to piggyback off that. That's actually one of my head-to-heads as well, that Keegan Bradley over Russell Henley ticket. Um, you know, Keegan has five top 15s on the year. He's 17th off the tee, 14th, or sorry, and fourth approach in his last 50 rounds. And 
you know, when you do look at the ball striking, you know, Russell Henley's definitely a little more squirrely with the driver than a Keegan Bradley. But let's just say you see them as equal ball strikers, right? Keegan's best surface by far is bent. Russell's worst surface is bent. All right. So the fact that that ticket at minus 103, let's say they're, you know, playing the exact same kind of golf from uh, from T to green, from T to green. Once we get on the greens, Keegan has a huge advantage. So, yeah, I absolutely love that. Um, you know, I was even thinking about playing that as my best bet in terms of Keegan Bradley over Russell Henley at minus 103. Um, just given those stats. Yeah. And, you know, another, another great, uh, you know, bit to take away from this matchup is, uh, you know, Keegan Bradley is a guy who came in fifth in the second to last time the PGA tour came to this golf course in 2017. And, you know, he's been moving and grooving over his last four events, you know, three finishes in the top 11, uh, had a good run at the players. So, uh, yeah, this is a ticket that Led and I are both feeling very comfortable with. It's Keegan Bradley over Russell Henley, uh, minus 103 on Barstool. Yeah. Um, for the neck for my next head to head, I have Mark Leishman over Tyrrell Hatton, minus 110. Leishman is so consistent. I wish I honestly played this guy in head to heads more often. Uh, you know, not often you can really get him in an evenly priced matchup. Uh, he already has five top 20s on the season. He's made a, made the cut in every single event except for the fraud, mother nature, asterisk, players championship that we've harped on <laughs> uh, in the past couple weeks on the podcast. But yeah, Leishman is so solid throughout the bag. You can't really point to one weakness in his game. You know, Le- Leishman went tied fifth and tied 13th in the two versions of the Quicken Loans in 2017 and 2018. So, you know, among all the guys... Uh, especially the favorites we're looking at. Uh, I mean, no one really has better course history. Obviously, yeah, four or five years ago, we're kind of talking about, but, you know, can't play on the course if they don't have events there, right? (laughs) So um, I actually would even be looking at a a winning ticket on him if it wasn't so overpriced. Like we said, I think we're going to look at more of those mid-range guys. But in this matchup, I absolutely love Mark Leishman. Meanwhile, you've got a guy, um, Tyrrell Hatton, whose worst putting surface is bent grass. He's the 127th best driver on the golf uh, driver of the golf ball in the field. His fairway percentage is 56%. You might as well have Josh all sorry. You might as well have Josh Allen flip a coin this week on Tyrrell and whether he'll be playing his second shot from the fairway this week. week. And I just think he's going to struggle uh, with the driver. Um, you know, the driver is definitely a club that starts going the wrong way on with Tyrrell has a tendency to get the two way miss going. Yes, he is coming off a good result at the RBC where he finished 26, but he's losing almost four shots off the tee alone in that start. So, uh, and Doc, one more thing, you know, we've mentioned Kevin Na as one of those guys that has a, uh, you know, a tendency to check out if things start going the wrong way. I'd say uh, Tyrrell's definitely in the conversation of the, you know, number of guys that he throws up uh, opening nine hole 38 might, uh, you know, has a tendency to ride, ride a little hot versus a guy who's Mark Leishman, who is a uh, steady Eddie. So, you know, for those, for those couple reasons, I'm going to be taking in my other matchup, Mark Leishman over Tyrrell Hatton at minus minus one ten. Yeah. You look, you look at all of the early quotes uh, from the press conferences uh, at the, at the, at Wells Fargo. And, you know, one of the major attributes to getting around this place uh, successfully is patience. I mean, that's what a lot of the players are saying. And Tyrrell Hatton has, you know, the complete opposite of any of that. Uh, so great, great work there. I'm, tra- I'm, I'm trailing with Mark Leishman. Love him this week, except I'm going to go Leishman over Abe answer plus plus one ten on bar stool. Uh, you know, like Led said, number one, Leishman balled out uh, both times. Quick that, one's, that one's plus one ten or minus one ten? Plus one ten. On plus one ten. Okay. That's a good value. Uh, yeah, well, and the you know, reason is Abe answer is, you know, completely overpriced, you know, for the fifth week in a, in a, in a row, uh, you know, continues to be one of the more overrated players on the PGA tour, uh, has finished no better than 33rd in his last five starts and continues to be a week to week favorite, uh, brutal around the greens average, as far as hitting fairways are concerned over the last five events. So, uh, you know, that for me, it's going to be Mark Leishman over Abe answer plus 110 on Barstool Sportsbook. I like Led's option of going with Leishman over Haddon as well. Uh, one more uh, matchup for you before we move on to the picks to place. It's going to be Doug Gim over Aaron Rye minus 110 
on DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, Gim really settling into this year, making three of his last five cuts. And although Aaron Rye is coming off back-to-back top 30 finishes, he's really struggled um, on courses that present a lot of trouble off the fairways and around the greens. In this case, we have the thick fescue rough um, around Potomac. Aaron Rye really reminds me of a guy like Finau coming into this week where has performed well on these open golf courses like, you know, Bayarda last week, but, you know, this is a completely different monster coming into this week. Can't be missing fairways, minimal amount of missed greens. Um, and I think Aaron Rye is really going to struggle. So my last matchup there is going to be Doug Gim over Aaron Rye minus 110 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, and let's move into those picks to place. All of these I found on DraftKings now, bear with me. Uh, three out of the four picks to place here. Uh, these guys are short kings. Okay, these guys are not going to be able to ride every roller coaster at Disney World. But guess what? They absolutely split fairways, and that's why I'm taking this week. Let's start off with Brian Harmon, top twenty plus two seventy-five. He's made the cut nine of his last eleven starts on tour. Um, highlighted by a thirty-fifth place finish at RBC. Uh, finished fifth at the Valspar, 14th at the Waste Management, and third at the Amex. You know, it's a pretty solid year for Brian Harmon so far. He's one of the straightest drivers on the PJ Tour and is picking up strokes in every single category in his last five events. Um, unrelated note, maybe a little related note, uh, Brian Harmon did win the Wells Fargo Championship the last time it uh, wasn't at Quail Hollow. I think it was a uh, Eagle Ridge, I want to say. It was... Uh, so, you know, has that going for him? Uh, we do have a bit of a course comp we mentioned earlier. You know, we said it might be a, a poor man's uh, Muirfield Village. The other one was River Highlands. Uh, Brian Harmon finished tied fifth at TPC River Highlands at the Travelers last year. So we like that coming in here. And, you know, some of these are just mostly about the number, right? So I think plus 275 for a, for a top 20 with such a good fitting golf course, a little bit weaker of a field than usual, I think it's too good to pass up for a guy like Brian Harmon. So for my first pick to place can be Brian Harmon, top 20 plus 275. Okay. My first pick to play is going to be Max Homa, top 20 plus 230 on FanDuel. Now Max, a guy uh, who has been dialed in, you know, over his last 20 rounds of golf, he's finished in the top 20, five of his last seven events and i like his game around the track like tpc potomac because his numbers off the tee and on his approach are outstanding he did struggle on the greens on the players and bay hill but uh, you know out of all three or all four now with you know uh, last week being uh, poena all all four uh, putting surfaces, you know, max bent grass, you know, it's not great. It's below average, but it's his best. Uh, so my first or, uh, yeah, first pick to place is going to be max home at top 20 plus two thirty on FanDuel. I love that play doc. Uh, I will be on that later in the pod. Um, for my next pick to place, I'm going to take Bo Hostler top 20 plus three thirty. Um, a little warning, beware. This is kind of out of that profile. These, you know, shorter hitters that hit it straight. He has a tendency to hit it kind of all over the yard, but this guy is putting um, out of his mind right now. So I'm going to ride him this week. The Bo show, besides the miscut last week, uh, you know, a couple weeks with the RBC Heritage, has been playing much better as of late. He had a fourth place finish at Valero where he really had a chance to win and also had top 20s at the uh, Arnold Palmer and the Honda Classic. Uh, He also did mix in a third-place finish at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am earlier in the year. Uh, He is the second-best bent grass putter in the field, so I think he should be lighting it up on the greens this week. Uh, Like I mentioned earlier, has a tendency to get a little squirrely with the driver, but he's kind of like, um, you know, let's say Amito Pereira, right? Let's say someone like him who we know – He's a good ball striker, has a tendency to struggle with the putter. We know he's always kind of one week away, uh, one good week of putting away from kind of contending. I think that's kind of how uh, Bo Hostler is with the driver. If he can just kind of get it in play off the tee this week, I think he can really do well. Um, One of the guys who has some decent course history here at Potomac with a tied six the last time they played a PGA Tour event here at the Quick and Loan. So, yeah, if he gets the driver under control this week, I see no reason why Bo Hosser will not top 20. So 
uh, for my second pick to place Bo Hosser top 20 plus 330. The Bo Show. I like it. On to my next pick to place. Corey Connors top 20 at plus 110 on FanDuel. And uh, we talked a little bit about Corey Connors to start the show. Uh, Corey Connors, someone who, you know, has only missed one cut. Uh, since the start of February, and it's very simple. Guy hits his driver on a thread and has put up incredible numbers with his iron play this year. You know, 31st in the FedEx Cup standings this week, having played some uh, play, played well in some really tough events. Uh, you know, sixth at the Masters uh, was about, about a month ago now. Uh, he has a tendency to play well, you know, in, in weeks leading up to major championships. Uh, really look forward to seeing this ticket cash I'm on his way to preparation of Southern Hills for the PGA. That's Corey Connors, top 20 plus 110 on FanDuel, uh, and, and one of the best looks heading into this week. Love it. And moving into my next pick to place, I'm going to be taking Tyler Duncan, top 40 plus 220. Another guy who uh, is one of the shorter uh, height guys on tour, but, you know, like we said, hits fairways. He's finishing the top 40 in four of his last six starts highlighted by a 12th place finish at the RBC 25th place finish at the bow Spar, where he picked up strokes in every cat category dog, just like Harvard town, or, you know, let's say it's the, um, the Sony, this is kind of a week where the shorter guys kind of are licking their chops knowing, you know, we're only playing two par fives. I'm not like almost giving up a, a shot, a hole, a, a shot of par yeah. five in the sense that, you know, they're, they're giving up sometimes 34 yards off the tee especially when you compare it to a guy like uh, I saw who's in the field this week as a, as a sponsor exemption that Brandon Matthews, he said his, uh, his fairway finder is carrying three thirty. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Tyler Duncan's fairway finder is probably carrying closer to two thirty and three thirty. Uh, but yeah, this is one of the few weeks on tour when if you're 150 yards out middle of the fairway, that's actually, you know, probably better than, you know, 115, 120 out from the rough. So a couple of these guys in my picks of place. It's just really nice to know the fact that they're going to be playing from the fairway. Uh, you know, the, Tyler has picked up strokes with his irons in four straight events. So if he keeps driving it the way he is, I think uh, he can notch his fifth top 40 in seven weeks. Yeah. So just clarifying that that's a Tyler Duncan top 40 at plus 220. So in this week of field, I think that's more than doable. And one last pick to place uh, for me, but I'll take us into winners because I've already discussed this guy um, a bunch today. Uh, Mark Leishman, top 20 plus 200 on FanDuel. I'm also adding to the card. Uh, we talked about him a lot in the, in the matchup section, um, as I'm taking him over answers. That's Mark Leishman, top 20 plus 200 on FanDuel, uh, for my last pick to place first. Yeah. Uh, moving into winners. Um, okay, I got, I got one more pick to place okay, here. Okay. Got it. Got it. Um, I'm going to take David Lingmurth top 40 plus 350. Um, what's it called? The NFL draft when your last guy drafting Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Irrelevant, Mr. Irrelevant, David Lingworth is Mr. Irrelevant this week. He Monday qualified advancing through a four for one playoff, uh, earlier in the week. He has quite the track record at this golf course. He won a corn Ferry event here in 2012. I believe it was called the needy children open, which is probably the funny, you know, obviously it's for a good cause, but a, you know, interesting named event. And then he finished tied fifth here in the 2017th edition of the Quicken Loans. Um, and Doc, just kind of opening it up for conversation. We normally fade most of these Monday qualifiers because, uh, you know, maybe they're playing their first PGA Tour event. Maybe they haven't played a PGA Tour event uh, in a couple of years. So, you know, they're on the first tee kind of, uh, you know, peeing down their leg in a sense, right? For someone like David Lingmurth, you know, he's a tour veteran. You know, he had his card on tour for, you know, six, seven plus years. Uh, doesn't have full status, but is coming off. Uh, he did play in the uh, Mexican Open last week. Did miss the cut. But when you just compare this golf course to what they faced at Vedanta last week, it's not even close in terms of, uh, you know, this place is a little shorter, a little tighter. It's going to set up way better for Lingmurth's game. Um Anyways, this man just splits fairways for a living. You know, as long as he's been on tour, he's been one of the most accurate drivers. Uh, and like we talked about, playing from fairways is going to be huge this week. You can guarantee that someone like a Lingworth is going to be doing that. 
before his, you know, quick Mexico vacation. He did have a 44th place finish at the Corrales event and a 16th place finish at the Puerto Rico Open. His best putting surface is bent. And Doc, like we said, I don't think he's really going to be, you know, too nervous on the first tee, too overwhelmed by the moment. He's made the cut in six of his last seven PJ Tour starts coming to this week. All we need is a top 40 at plus 350 for a guy who, you know, obviously played well enough on the Monday coming into this event in terms of no one's got more recent. <laughs> I mean, there's no one in the field that we know how they're playing more recently than uh, David Lingmurth, if that makes sense. So, yeah, recapping that, pick the place. David Lingmurth, top 40 plus 350. Yeah, some of the, the younger Monday cues, you know, tough to get a sense on them but you know the your Lingworth pick this week reminds me a lot of like an Aaron Badale um, at Valero he Mondays into Valero he had some uh, good results there years ago uh, but ha- has kind of been finding his rhythm Lingworth the guy who's had you know extremely good stats this year with without really finishing uh, you know, inside the top I think he had, he had a 16th place finish in Bermuda maybe somewhere but and he uh, finished Sorry, he, so he won a Corn Ferry event here. He finished fifth yeah. place at the at the Quicken Loans when it was at this golf course. So, you know, granted, he is Mr. Irrelevant. He's probably a top five guy in terms of course history uh, at Potomac. So I think it's definitely worth a play, um, especially when all you're really needing is a top 40. No doubt, no doubt. Into uh, the winners here for the Wells Fargo this week. I have two for you this week. First is going to be Webb Simpson. Uh, at 50 to one on FanDuel, Webb is a guy you know who struggled with an injury earlier this year. Uh, he's back now. He's made his last three cuts since playing poorly at the players. Uh, you know, a tournament that we paid no attention to in 2022, just based off the weather, based off the bad waves, everything we've talked about. Webb Simpson, his numbers have, haven't been anything special, but when you look at what this course requires, it's precision and it's patience, uh, two of Webb's best traits. I'm going to play Webb Simpson ticket um, in my best bet. But for now, uh, first winner is going to be Webb Simpson at 50 to 1 on FanDuel. Uh, My second winner is going to be Sergio Garcia at 50 to 1 on FanDuel. But I also have a ticket um, on him in my dark horse. I'm going to explain uh, more about the winning ticket and more on Sergio uh, this week. Led first, uh, your winners for the Wells Fargo. Sad he hope. I love that. Uh, that pick, you know, obviously one of the best drivers in the last over the last 20 years, really. Yeah. Uh, moving to my picks to win, Doc, you're not going to really like this first one. Abraham answer 35 to 1 on DraftKings. Okay. Now, compared to last week, he was 12 to 1, and we made fun of all the talking heads that said, Oh, he's playing in Mexico, he's comfortable here. Uh, we thought 12 to 1 was a was a farce, and uh, we're glad we didn't play it. Um, he did finish 40th last week, um, losing seven shots around the greens. Now, if he chipped like someone, like an, if he would have you know, gained zero strokes or whatever, then me, uh, a mediocre chipper last week, he would have finished in the top 10, no problem. He actually struck it great last week from tee to green. Um, yes, the chipping is, con- is a concern, but if I am struggling with my chipping, uh, the surface I'm going to want to be chipping off is going to be bent grass. It's going to be, uh, you know, even the fact where you just, you think to last week, right? Last week you missed a green more often than not, you're kind of going to be just the way those green complexes were the ball would kind of feed off and you'd have the, uh, you know, kind of a tight line flop shot over a bunker versus this week is going to be, a, you know, a little closer to a Muirfield village. If you are missing the green, you're either going to be chipping out of the rough or, hitting a bunker shot. So um, Abraham answer is a much better bunker player than he is chipper. And just the fact that it's really not that hard to chip out of that rough, you kind of just get on the green, get it rolling. Um, but even if he, you know, doesn't have the best chipping week of his life, I think at 35 to one, he's still worth a play. Abe has picked up strokes off the tee in six of his last seven events. He's picked up strokes with his irons in five of his last seven. Um, his best putting service is bent grass, which we absolutely love. And now he's, uh, you know, 35 to one this week on a much better suited golf course relative to, uh, you know, being 12 to one on a course that wasn't set up to him. It just happens to be in Mexico. So I think, uh, and then one more thing, 
course history here, finished tied fourth at the Quicken Loans in 2018. Mm-hmm. So I think the books have overreacted to the 40, you know, the 40th place finish last week in Mexico. And I think we can take advantage of it. So for my first pick to win, it's going to be Abraham Answer at 35 to one. For my next one, I'm going to take Max Homa at 40 to one on Bet Online. Um, Doc, you're on him, uh, you know, in, a, in the top 10, that's right, this week. Top 20. Um, in a top 20. Um, and that's actually going to be my best bet. So I'm not going to get too much into it with details. I'll be uh, discussing that a little later on the pod. So my next one's to be, that's Max Homa, 40 to one on bet online. And then for my last pick to win, it's going to be Brian Harmon, 65 to one. That's on DraftKings. Brian couldn't design a better golf course for him <laughs> to play well this week. I love that number at 65 to one. I think this could do could be the week that the lefty becomes a two-time Wells Fargo champion. Granted, it is on a different golf course. So those are my picks to win. Yeah, Led, hopefully, you know, the uh, the answer winning ticket doesn't uh, doesn't throw up all over my leashman over uh, over answer matchup, but uh, great look there uh, with home. I think his chances this week are uh, are really good. I mean, all around uh, tee to green playing outstanding. Uh so onto my dark horse and more reasoning behind my Sergio winning ticket. I'm taking Sergio Garcia top 10 plus 450 on FanDuel for my dark horse. And, uh, you know, in his last 10 rounds, driving it fantastic and putting it like he was when he won the Masters. He has only missed one cut this year and has hovered around the top 25 most weeks. And the word inside the ropes is that Sergio extremely close to breaking through. Uh, The only part of his game that has held him back over uh, his last five events or so is uh, is the iron play, which is a fluke, because as Led said a couple of minutes ago, we've come to know Sergio as one of the best ball strikers um, in the world. And uh, if you're looking for other ways to to get out, get in on him, we have the winning ticket. We have him top 10 plus 450. Another way to get in on the Sergio action, he's plus 275 to finish as the top continental European this week on DraftKings. He doesn't have Hovland to deal with. He doesn't have Rom to deal with. Sergio uh, playing the best by far out of the continental European. Budget. Yeah, hopefully he can uh, beat out maybe a Bo Hostler for the top Texas alum, right? Because <laughs> I know how he likes to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, reps, he reps UT because his wife went there, I know. Yeah. I think he wears he wears a you know yeah wears a UT hat. He was throwing up the horns. I remember at the WGC. Oh but God. um yeah, yeah. and Doc yeah they haven't had a first round pick in NFL draft since '06, so should reevaluate that. Brutal, brutal. But um yeah, in terms of Sergio, uh you know another funny thing is uh just the fact you know expecting a little bit of overcast, a little bit of showers. I'm a fan of Sergio not rocking the sunglasses. Uh you know he. It's a guy, I feel like once you throw the sunglasses on, that's kind of the downward spiral of your career. You think of a Ricky Fowler uh, in that aspect. But yeah, hopefully no sunglasses Sergio should, uh, should be able to dial in top 10, no problem. But moving into my dark horse, I'm looking to hit back-to-back dark horses after that uh, Brandon Wu ticket. I'm taking Ryan Armour top 20 plus 600 and maybe a little sprinkle on the 200 to 1 outright. Doc. This man is the most accurate driver of the golf ball on the PGA Tour. He is the only man on tour that averages over 70% of fairways and 70% of greens. Almost reminds me of a, a Steph Curry in the, you know, a 50-40-90 guy, if you will, in the NBA. He's coming off three missed cuts in his last four starts, which we don't love, but he has had a 28th place finish at Pebble, top 20 at the Sony Open, and a 15th place finish two starts ago in the Corrales Punta Cana. Um, in the last calendar year, if he makes the cut, he finishes in the top 20, 62.5% of the time. So we love that stack, especially when all we need is a top 20. Um, on a course that is just an absolute perfect setup for him, I think it is more than achievable. Cherry on top of this dark horse Sunday, the last time a PJ Tour event was played at TPC Potomac. Ryan Armour finished runner-up. So for my dark horse, I'm going to take Ryan Armour top 20 plus 600 and just a little sprinkle at that 200 to 1 number. Ryan Armour, one of the, one of the most bizarre swings on the PGA Tour, but absolute fairway finder uh, and a great find there uh, for Led. The gin play for the Wells Fargo. 
Uh, Eugenio Lopez Chikara, top 40, plus 330 on DraftKings. I usually don't bet on amateurs, don't bet on kids uh, and PGA Tour events. I famously bet Stuart Hagstad, top 40 at this year's Masters. Guys struggled to break 85 um, on Thursday and Friday. But Eugenio Lopez Chikara, different kind of cat, still at Oklahoma State. He could have turned pro already. Uh, but made a promise to OSU, his mom, et cetera, dog, the cat, that he finishes degree. Uh, this is his third PGA tournament of the season. Already made the cut, finished 45th at Sanderson Farms. So uh, tough course to come at Potomac for your fourth ever PGA tournament this week. But I believe Chikara, uh, you know, ranked second on the PGA Tour U ranking. So after next year, will be guaranteed starts. Corn Ferry PGA Tour, who knows? You know, who knows, who knows what the next year uh, has in store for him. But the gin play this week at the Wells Fargo this week, that's Eugenio Lopez Chikara, uh, top 40 plus 330 on DraftKings for my gin bet of the week. Love that play. Doc, I love the PGA Tour University. Just the fact that, you know, there's in- – there's some incentive for guys that might've normally turned pro to actually go to college. If they can, you know, tear it up in the amateur ranks, it used to be right. You'd have a guy like uh, um, Patrick Rogers who won whatever, 10, 20 plus times in college. And it, you were still starting from scratch, like everyone else uh, once you turn pro. So just the fact that guys can, uh, you know, start to build up a bit of a, you know, resume uh, in the, in the amateur ranks is so big. And a quick note on Chikara, you know, I interviewed him a couple of weeks ago and I was talking to him about, you know, staying in school. What does that mean from an NIL side of things? You know, we have all this NIL stuff going on in football, college, you know, college players getting paid. We absolutely love it. You know, Chikara can't take an NIL contract uh, because he's here on a visa and, and there's some rule up there. I don't know if it's the frog bag NCAA or, or whoever, you know, the guy can't take money uh, mm-hmm. because he's here on a visa. So, uh, you know, looking forward to seeing those rules kind of change a little bit as we move forward with the amateur. Certainly, certainly. And I'm going to pass out. I'm not going to play a gen bet. I pretty much did with the David Lingmurth Monday qualifier that could probably qualify as a gen bet dog. So I'm going to pass on that. But moving into DraftKings lineups. Trail my Chikara. Trail my Chikara. Hey, big trust. Hey, Will do. Better than, better than 20% of the pros in this event this week, bud. Love it. Love it. Um, so moving into our DraftKings lineup, I'm going to be taking Corey Connors, Keegan Bradley, Max Homa, Brian Harmon, Martin Laird, and Ryan Armour for my caboose this week. I'm going to go Webb Simpson, Max Homa, uh, Sergio Garcia, Keith Mitchell, Doug Gem, and my caboose this week, a guy who's just who's been absolutely awful uh, from tee to green, but put together some good stuff at the Zurich. I'm interested to see what Doc Redman does uh, this week. So that's going to be my last guy, Doc Redman, um, on my lineup. So that's Webb Simpson, Max Homa, Sergio Garcia, Doug Gem, and Doc Redman led on to the winning score for this week. Yes, so I'm going to be taking 14 under par as our winning score. I know in the two editions, we had a 21 under and we had a 7 under, so kind of splitting the difference there, if you will. Yeah, I'll I'll split the difference at 11 under, lad. (laughs) I'm hoping, listen, I'm hoping it, it, uh, you know, the rain dumps and it pours um, you know, the weather is supposed to be very rocky this week. Rain definitely coming on Friday and Saturday. Um, so taking 11 under, ho- hopefully, you know, it's a little closer to par there. I know led my, my prediction last week was 27 under. I was 11 off um, on that. Were you, were you above or under me? I think I took the under there. Yeah, I think I took yeah, the I mean, under there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But – yeah, I mean, the wind blew last week. We didn't yeah. think it was going to get kind of that crazy afternoon. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's just, without further ado, let's just move into those best bets. I'll fire it off. We mentioned him a lot during this podcast. I'm going to be taking Max Homa top 20. Also going to take an outright ticket on him at 40-1. to 1. Max Homa, like Rory, hasn't played a competitive round since the Masters, but books are pricing this guy like he hasn't touched a club during that stretch. Uh, 
he's definitely coming into this week a little under radar given his lack of play. But, man, when he has played, he's been lighting it up. Max Homa has made the cut in 14 of his last 16 starts. He has five top 20s in his last seven starts, 13th at the Players, 17th at the Bay Hill, 14th at the Phoenix Open. You know, he's picking up almost five strokes tee to green per event his last five starts. That is like peak Colin Morikawa. That's peak Hovland. That's, you know, peak Tiger level of ball striking in these last couple events. Max could putt with his wedge at TPC Potomac this week and finish tied 12th the way he's striking it. He's the only guy in the field who is top 15 off tee and approach in his last 24 rounds. Um, I'm trying to hit my third best bet in a row this week. So Max Poma is going to be taking us to the promised land with a top 20 at plus 140 for my best bet. My best bets uh, for the Wells Fargo, it's going to be uh, Webb Simpson, top 20 plus 225 on DraftKings. Uh, a guy hasn't, you know, hasn't made a run at a tournament yet this season, uh, but someone you can count on year after year, you know, is, you know, he's dealt with the injuries, uh, but I think as we approach the next three majors, I think uh, he, he's got some good time to rest and uh, expect a top 20 finish here from Webb Simpson this week. Last, Corey Connors, top 20, plus 110 on FanDuel, my second best bet. Uh, look, I just feel like Tita Green, there's not another guy in this field who, um, you know, is hitting it or has as much command with his ball fight, with his precision uh, than Corey Connors this week. So, uh, yeah, Doc, it's, yeah. It, it's taken me everything in my willpower to uh, not take him at 17 to one, just when you look at his stats. So taking him in a pick the place, absolutely love. Absolutely. That will do it here on the Golf Preview Podcast, RJ Bell's dream preview for uh, Wells Fargo week. Best of luck, everyone. Led, I will see you next week for Byron Nelson week before uh, we get geared up for the PGA. Yes, sir. Let's do some damage this week. <laughs>